Yeah, so I'd, I'd just got really drunk one night. I'd done something that caused harm to myself, put my ex-boyfriend at harm, my relationship was at risk. Everything that I was living for at that point was at risk of being taken away from me. And I just thought, even after years, I was like, this is it, I can't do this anymore. Like, something could have happened, like, that really wasn't reversible. And it just scared me into thinking, I can't keep going like this. And I need to, I need to just stop and I need to, need to change. That was Marin Douglas of Hummus and Cucumber on Instagram. Marin made a deep point in that little clip. She connected her actions today to her future. That sort of awareness isn't always so obvious in active addiction, or even normal day-to-day living for that matter. I do recall it popping into my awareness now and again while I was still out there, and maybe you do as well, but in this interview, you're going to hear Marin, who has no sober community and isn't currently associated with any known program for sobriety, talk about how people around her tell her she's not an alcoholic and how they inadvertently attempt to impose their definitions and boundaries onto her. Marin is wise and very connected. She understands that it's not her job to define herself in any way to make others feel more comfortable. And over the past three and a half years of her sobriety, she has been owning and recovering herself more and more every day. Marin, thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Nice to speak to you. <laughs> how long, how, how much time do you have sober? It's since March 2016, so sort of three and a half years, coming up to four years in March. Okay, so, well, congratulations on that. Well, thank you. It's not the longest amount of time, but I feel like I've learned a lot in that, that time, really. Well, there's a big difference, like, and this is this is what really kind of, inter- you know, like, uh, interested me in, in chatting with you. There's a big difference in, in how culturally we deal with sobriety because like AA 12 step, that's been around a long time. I got 19 years. I went through that, but that's, an, that's, I, I don't want to say it's strictly an American thing because there's 12 step all over the place. But um, what's been your experience with sobriety in terms of getting there? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I've never accessed any sort of services like AA 12 steps like here to seek help is seen as something well i don't know if this is my personal view from the media but that's something for sort of people with really bad problems so people that are maybe homeless or have got severe addictions it's not something that necessarily a a sort of normal person would access like for me and my drinking the amount i drink to some people or, or did drink may be considered normal it's like I said to somebody at work the other day, they were like, oh, why don't you drink? I was like, I had a, had a problem with alcohol. And they were like, oh, did you drink in the morning? And I was like, well, no, just, just every day. And they're like, oh, well, you weren't an alcoholic then. Like it's, it's socially acceptable to drink. People go to the pub every day after work. On a weekend, everybody goes out. Um, I mean, I accessed an alcohol service when I was 21, I think. So this was three years before I did sort of quit altogether. Um, but I sort of felt like it wasn't my place to be using those services and that maybe I didn't have my problems weren't serious enough. Um, and that to access those sort of things, you need to be really in in a really bad place, maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
that's crazy to me. Like, I don't know um, how else to, to put that just because like here, the idea, you know, like AA, let's say, um, is like, if you have a desire to quit drinking, like that mm-hmm. is the first kind of thing that is spoken about. And, and the reason that I like, like one, I'm, I'm intrigued about that culturally. I I'm intrigued about that. Like, like, again, this might just be your, your take on it, but you, you were seeking out the services and, and what had happened when you, when you walked in that made you feel that way? I think because I was quite young, I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum actually worked in addictions. She was a drugs and alcohol worker. Okay. And I sort of felt, I don't know, I just felt it wasn't my place to be accessing those services because, you know, I had a job, I had a home. I was, as far as everyone concerned, functioning. But obviously it was affecting my life and I needed help. But it's only my perception, obviously, but I sort of felt, well, my problems maybe aren't severe enough to access those services because to anybody looking, I am I'm functioning, I'm doing well, I'm holding down a job. It's my relationships and, and the things with myself that it was was affecting. Three years down the line, because I, I don't I don't I don't really care to talk about like, oh, the depths of addiction or yeah. active addiction and other stuff like that. But um, what what did you do like when you started to when you decided that it was enough, like enough was enough? Yeah, I mean, the time for me actually to quit drinking, I was in Australia when I quit drinking. Yeah, they, I was they drink there with, too, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was living and working there. I was doing this, this working holiday thing. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd just got really drunk one night. I'd done something that caused harm to myself, put my ex-boyfriend at harm, my relationship was at risk. Everything that I was living for at that point was at risk of being taken away from me. And I just thought, even after years, I was like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. Like something could have happened like that really wasn't reversible. And it just scared me into thinking I can't keep going like this. And I need to, I need to just stop and I need to need to change. You made that decision because out of of fear. And a lot of us do make those decisions out of fear. But, but I noticed, you know, like this idea of recovering from is kind of rank with fear, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. And so I have to, I have to change these things. And that's what's so great about having fellowship or having other people around because they know better, right? They know things to help us kind of not drink. But yeah. without that, what, how did you, how did you proceed to not drink? Was it just willpower or? Yeah, it was willpower. Around the same time that I quit drinking, I'd got quite into exercise. So I essentially replaced drinking with exercise, which right. the the two sort of went hand in hand. There was sort of a crossover period. I'd sort of cut down a lot on my drinking. So then when I quit the drinking, that was when I, I got really into the exercise. But it was just a lot of willpower. It was that I'd finally realised that I needed to do it and I'd, I'd contemplated with the idea before I'd done a couple of months six weeks and I was like no this time I need to do it and my ex-partner was like you say this you're not gonna do it like and I don't know if it's the the doubt the the 
amount of willpower I had to, I don't know, prove him wrong and really work for it, that I was just like this, I can do it. I, I can do it. It's just, it is all down to me, I think. So I didn't really seek any support. It was a case of me being like, right, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I've made that decision, so I'm going to do it. And a bit of replacement. Yeah, and the repl definite replacement. And I didn't realise that until until recently, how much I had... Because obviously when I drank, that I was like, that's me, Merrin. I drink. I, you know, I always wanted to get too drunk. I'd ruin my life. And then I just identified as I'm into fitness. I exercise. I do this. This is who I am. And it was from one label straight to the other right. to, to sort of replace that in a way. And now <laughs> that you've realized that, um, now this is, this is, this, so like that's like you're recovering from, right? You're putting down your drugs and alcohol, but you picked up this other addiction, right? This other label. Yeah. And how are you now with that in mind, like getting, getting yourself into a place where addiction isn't part of your life or, or that sort of pacifying where it's just like, Oh, I'm worried about something. Let me go to the gym. Oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. I think now, cause I, I've actually stopped exercising as much recently. I've sort of stepped back because the Instagram, the fitness, it, it completely consumed my life and you don't, you don't even realize, but I was so addicted to Instagram every day I'd have to post and I'm not sure what's changed really in the last maybe couple of years I split up with my my ex-partner and then from that I've just sort of been trying to figure things out and you know I've I've done one thing to the next like this year I, I did an access course that took up the majority of the year all of my spare time was spent doing this course Um, I was like I'm gonna read I'm gonna do this and now I'm just sort of like I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm okay with that. And I'm trying to be like, you don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to do these things. Like, it's okay to just be like, I'm marrying and you know what? I'm, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm figuring it out. Like, <laughs> I don't want to label myself as something. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I don't drink and that's that's all I am. Or I go to the gym, that's all I am. It's I mean, I'm I'm really not sure. I know a bit more about myself than I did, but I, I'm nowhere near figuring everything out is what I've realized. Well, that's beautiful because like, you know, like it it is a public thing, right? Like, like if we can, so many people look at like exercise, you can't be addicted to exercise because it's good for you, you know? And then some people will say, oh, well, you can do too much and you can, you know, like, and all this, but it's not about, like for me, it's not about like, doing it too much or too little. It's about doing it with awareness, right? Like doing it with, am I doing this to avoid something? Or am I doing this to enhance my life and it is not who I am, right? And that's where you're getting. And, and that's such a, you're approaching it with a very calm, with, with a calmness, maybe that's just with me. Maybe you're like freaking out somewhere, like, you know, like where it's just like, oh, good. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like, because that's scary. It is scary. And I think that's that's the hardest thing in, in recovery and in sobriety is you have to sit there with yourself and you can't block things out. You've got to think about things and you've got to feel things and you've got to be like, well, what am I doing? 
what what do I want to do and without distractions I mean that's that's what addictions are in a way isn't it like the exercise is is a distraction there's been various other distractions over the last few years and it is a difficult thing to sort of sit down with yourself and and think about what what you want to do what are some things that you are currently <laughs> discovering about yourself I think the difficult thing is 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 I didn't realize how much if I do something I have to give 110% at it and I think that's why with sort of the addiction side with the alcohol it was like I do this so this is what I do and it was the same with the exercise so your work and your relationships what did they look like and what do you want them to look like so I didn't have a great relationship with my family but one thing I have built up is a good relationship with my family now I'm closer to them than I've ever been um but I think the thing that I realized from sort of my behavior was it was a lot of self-destruct based on how I felt about myself and how I thought other people perceived me if that makes sense oh yeah (laughs) that is that is that is everything the thing was it was it was almost an automatic thing in that I reflected how I felt about myself in my behavior and I think that working on your confidence and yourself and sort of trying to change the way you think about yourself is there's certain things in life that you can control and you can't control other people their perceptions their reactions to things you can only control how you perceive and react to things and i think you've sort of got to step outside a bit haven't you and sort of see things the the bigger picture from other people's point of view and like there's only so much we can control but then in the same sense what you can control can make such a difference like you have a lot of control over your life day to day and i think not blaming other people's circumstances and things and sort of taking accountability and sort of being like well yes that's happened but what can I do about it or you know how do I feel how am I going to react to that that's the power and the control that you do have you choose what you do every day and like all of those actions and everything you do make up you as a person and and that's a huge part of like awareness so i talk about like this thing like awareness avoidance like if you're aware that you do things every day and you can choose to do a different thing like every day you can choose a different thing that'll put you in a place that will you know fill your life in a way that you want to yeah i've given a lot like one thing i never used to do was I never gave any thought to my future. I was sort of like, this is what I'm doing this week. This is what I'm doing this month. Maybe I'll do something next year. Whereas now I'm like, what would I like to do with my life? What steps can I take to do stuff with my life? So this year I was like, right, I'll do the access course. I've applied to go to university next year, which is something I never thought I'd do. And like, I'm looking forward. I'm like thinking, how do I want my life? to plan out and like recently I decided after not wanting kids my entire life I'm like no one day I think I'd like kids like I'm thinking about the future I'm thinking about what I'd like to do and I feel like that's something I didn't have before recovery because 
I didn't mm-hmm. look forwards and I didn't plan and I didn't think about the things that I'd like to do and, and what I can do to get there. I was sort of like, this is where I am and this is where I'm going to stay. But you have the power to decide what you're going to do and you're the one that's in charge of, of sort of your life. Nobody is going to tell you, well, people can tell you what to do. I really don't like people to do. But <laughs> you've got to decide yourself in order to get to where you want to be and sort of enjoy the process of getting where you want to be as well. Yeah. And just like living your day, like what the fuck about like, just like, Oh, I'm going to live my day and I'm just, Oh, I just got it. I just got to get to bedtime. Yeah. You know, like I got my job and then I'm going to go drink and then I'm going to go to bed. These are things that my guess is you thought you would never change that would never change about you and that you're cha- you're changing quite a bit now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm doing stuff that I didn't think I would ever do. Like, I think the thing was very early on in my sobriety, I was in my relationship and that relationship was so important to me. And I put someone else's happiness above my own. And even though I was doing what I wanted to do, I felt like I couldn't progress and I couldn't get to where I wanted to be because they weren't holding me back. I was holding myself back, but sort of using that as an excuse. I was like, oh, well, I can't do this because of of him. And it it wasn't true. And like, so after a year, I I was like, I need to to break up from this relationship and I need to, to move forward with my life. Like I was engaged. And we were going to get married. And I was like, I need to need to change that in order to sort of spend some time by myself and, and sort of get on with it. But I didn't plan to live on my own. Like when I first lived on my own, even though I was like, God, how old am I now? I think I was 26 and I'd lived independently since I was like 17, yeah. more or less. I'd never like been responsible for like paying all of the bills and sorting everything out all myself. And it was like really scary Mm -hmm. and like learning to live independently was like a big thing. And I thought, wow, I can, I can do this. And like, yeah, like everything changes. I mean, I think one issue for me is that I always look at everything as temporary, which isn't a bad thing, but I'd never stayed in a job for more than two years. I'd never lived anywhere for more than two years. I've never sort of done anything everything is temporary but you need to sort of set your roots down as well the only thing in your life that is permanent the only person that is ever going to be there for all of your life is yourself and I think this was something I realized at the beginning of last year it was it was a real daft thing like something involving some friends and I needed someone and they weren't there and I was just like it is down to me. Like I can't rely on other people. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I have lovely friends, lovely family, but I realized that a lot of things in my life, it's all down to me. And I'm the one that's in every single chapter of my life. Unfortunately, nobody else is going to be in every single chapter. So that's why the work with yourself is so important because you're the one that's got to live with yourself. You're the only permanent fixture in your, in your life. And I think I didn't realise that. And I think a lot of people maybe don't realise that. I think I did it seeking validation externally, relationships, like we said, the Instagram, like that was a lot of validation from other people. And it's 
it's I think it's all more about how you feel about yourself and that's what you need to need to work on is the relationship with yourself and being comfortable with yourself and knowing that you can count on yourself and not other people yeah so that's that is huge right like this idea that like you broke up with your partner not because of him doing anything but because that relationship was keeping you from being you yeah and And it wasn't it wasn't the relationship it was the it was it was in your mind right like you left it to be a better you you didn't leave it because it was bad you didn't relieve it because it was wrong you left it because you needed to grow i'd changed and i'd grown in that relationship Mm -hmm. and i changed so much right. i was gaining confidence i was wanting to do things in you know being dependent i was wanting to see what i could achieve and i mean relationships are great but in the last two years i've i've learned so much about myself and i've gained so much and i've done so many things that i would never have done that if i'd have stayed in that relationship and right. it's just been it's been so so good for me yeah you know we define addiction a little differently in in terms of especially like in getting help do you have friends do you have do you have a, a a community at all of other sober people in your life no not at all okay i've had i've had a friend that that has quit drinking she did six months i was really proud of her um she's since returned to drinking but doesn't drink anywhere near as much she's able to drink in moderation and i think that's really good um but no i don't i don't have any sort of sober community online i'm not really involved in in sort of sober communities online either mm-hmm. um it's something that i have very much done myself and that's why when you contacted me i was really interested because it's not something that I do get the opportunity to speak about and listening to some of your your podcasts I was thinking maybe I should look into what what is available in the area like even the three years in perhaps meetings it would be nice to to sort of be around other sober people or people that understand the experience because all my friends say is well done you're doing really well which is, is nice they're all really supportive but I don't think people necessarily understand how difficult it can be at times and how challenging and and in some ways isolating it is. The only things people talk about me in relation to alcohol is, why don't you drink? Why don't you just have one, especially when meeting new people? And it is, I am quite on my own with it, really. Yeah, well... I'm glad I reached out as well because like it is isolating even when you have a community. I think that's the thing like I have no problem with people drinking around me. I mean I I go out every weekend. I go to the pub. I was at the pub last night for a couple of hours with people drinking. But yeah, meeting meeting new people I find hard. Um yeah. because it's something naturally that people do question and the reactions that you get I think especially with drinking being social, socially acceptable here, it's more socially acceptable to drink than not drink. Mm-hmm. And it is something that people find quite unusual or maybe they'd maybe be a bit 
more cautious around somebody that doesn't drink i'm not i'm not not sure really yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. no it is it is like i mean i don't know you know it, it's it, it, because it's so culturally acceptable i wonder if it builds trust like do you feel like culturally people are more like they they like especially when you meet new people um do they kind of are they a little more standoffish is that why they ask you to have a drink because it's like you need to drink or i feel bad or is it like i don't trust or what do you feel that is culturally I feel like it's just how people socialize here. Like oh, it's okay. the norm, break the ice, have a drink. After a drink or two, everybody's talking, like connecting with people. And I think that's the bit I struggle with. I mean, some people I've met a handful of times and they don't know that I don't drink, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny that they're drinking and they've just not even picked up that I, I aren't drinking. I'm not drinking. Um, which I thought was quite funny. Somebody actually bought me a beer last night instead of a Bex Blue. They bought me a Bex and they were like, will that be all right? And I was like, I, I don't drink. And I've met you like five times, but wow. they've not picked up on. So sometimes people don't, don't notice. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's, that like kudos like to you, right? Like for living your life in a way that it's like, 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 no, it's not the cornerstone of my life. You're living your life in a way that's just honest and open and you're socializing just like everybody else. And it's like, I, I don't need that. I don't need to have a couple lubricants to, to, to talk yeah. with you. I think that's the thing. I think communication for me is something that I've realized is so important. And I am a very honest and open person. So yeah, I feel like now I maybe don't need the drink to loosen up because I might feel a bit uncomfortable in social situations, but I can engage in conversations. I'm quite honest with people. I'll speak freely about how I feel or, or what I think about things. And I think that's good because I think before I started drinking, I was very shy. And I think maybe that was part of the reason. And now I'm sort of learning to to do everything without that and sort of pushing through feeling uncomfortable and being able to sort of express myself in in sort of social situations um so that's been been really good but generally i i have to be honest with people about how i feel otherwise i internalize that and i can't like that's when i start to struggle and that maybe would have been situations when i would have turned to alcohol so i found that communicating generally has helped me a lot in in recovery really and in in moving forward is being able to be honest with people and speak to them about how you feel and just be yourself yeah so so um um what are some things that are going on in your life right now that you're looking to the future and saying you know what that's probably going to change I think the thing is everything can change like I mean a couple of weeks ago at work we got an announcement to say like you're all going to be redundant in two years like these things change like yeah. I don't know I mean I'm buying a house at the moment which is another thing I thought I'd never do um, that wasn't on yeah. my list for this year but I don't know the plan is to live there for five years I'm going to go to university but I mean I don't know what's going to happen between now and September like I could not end up going to university. I'd, I'd, I don't know what could happen. Like, I think 
anything can sort of most things can change like there's there is no no certainty like we've said the only thing is yourself but then you change and i think you have chapters in your, your life and you know i can look back and be like that was one chapter like my last relationship or when i drank and like this is a new chapter you know there's going to be many other chapters and they're all going to be so different with different people different experiences different places like the the not no certain but there is no certainty like ev everything changes i think yeah and 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 like you mentioned earlier you're you're the common denominator in all of those right so it's yeah. like how you react and how you how you react and respond to what changes and your openness to accepting those changes yeah yeah i think you have to be you, you can't i think the thing is if you have in your head a plan of how you want things to go that's when it just doesn't go right because right. if you're so rigidly thinking of something and have got a plan if something goes wrong then you panic and mm -hmm. you can't deal with it so i think you've got to be flexible and you've got to understand that things maybe won't go your way things changed unfortunately you know a lot of bad shit happens and you've just got to be able to sort of roll with it and and sort of move forwards and and look forwards and and sort of get on with it absolutely oh man um <clears throat> are you currently aware of any place that you are pacifying probably the internet is probably a bad one social media just scrolling mindlessly looking at the same things and just yeah. rubbish online like i think the internet and phones takes you a lot away from yourself and what you're doing because whilst you're even messaging messaging friends whilst you're messaging someone you're not dealing with things like it's all I'll, I'll just message whoever and your whole night can be gone because you've spent like four hours on your phone speaking to different people like right that's one thing that i'm, I'm definitely guilty of is is yeah. my phone i think yeah. um i can't really think of anything else no, at the moment. like there and then you know like they, they always pop up you know like they always pop up <laughs> yeah i think i i feel that 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 was part of my reason for for the addiction was was sort of to block things out and I think I didn't realize until I did quit drinking and enter recovery, how much there was to learn and how much work there is still to do. And like, when I looked at the questions you sent, it was like, when, when did you think you started thinking clearly? And I was like, well, I probably thought I started thinking clearly quite quickly, but then each year or however much time passes, I'm like, no, well now I'm thinking more clearly. And then now I'm just sort of like, I'm not sure I have any idea. Like I, I know I'm thinking clearly, but, I feel like I'm so early on in my journey that, you know, this is three and a half years in, I think in, in five more years, I'll be a lot more self-assured and, and I've grown more. Like, I feel like I've, I've done a good amount of work and I'm definitely, I'm really proud of the person that I've become in the last three and a half years. And I can say that I am, I am now proud of that person, but in the same sense, I know that there's still so much to be done and, there's so much I need to learn about myself and it's it is a it is a journey like there's it it's going to continue for a, a long time yeah. and the little bit I've done is it, it is good but it's there's so much more to be done yeah 
I actually, I also wrote a list of other things that I'd been addicted to. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> let's hear that. <laughs> yeah. So I had exercise and there was the eating healthy that went along with that. Instagram, energy drinks are something that I drink a lot, which I know is really bad. <laughs> like I've been drinking one of those a day for like a year and I'm like trying to cut it down now because I'm aware. Oh, so, you, so, you, so you're in active energy drink addiction currently. Yeah, and like, I'm like, I know I don't need to do it. And it's like, but yeah, energy drink. Last year, I got really into journaling and um, stoicism. Mm. And every day for about nine months, I was like doing all of this journaling. And then one day I realized that I didn't, I, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And I didn't really feel that I was getting something out of it. So I was no. like, this, this has to stop. Reading as well. I set a goal this year to read a book a week. I think I read eight in four weeks. And then I was like, no, nah, this, yeah. why am I doing this? Like, what, what am to... I doing this for? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think you've got to be aware of what you're doing and you've got to actively make choices in order to live the life that you want to live. And like we said about making the steps, you, you make all of those small choices that add up to the big choices. So like, really, I know I shouldn't be drinking these energy drinks and I don't need them. It's just, I'm like, that's what I do. And I'm going to keep doing that because it's comfortable and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just something I'm now used to. Right. But, and you know, like I, when I was smoking cigars regularly, like, a friend of mine, you know, I was, I was, I, I expressed the same sort of, I shouldn't be doing this. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to do it until you don't. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about quitting. It's about, well, I will not do it at some point. And right now is when I'm doing it. And when it's not about shouldn't, mm -hmm. and it's about, I don't want to that's when it starts to change. Yeah, and that's what happened with the exercise. It got to a point where I was like, I don't want to go to the gym, and I've actually cancelled my gym membership now. Yeah. So I just thought instead of like every day being like, oh, I should exercise, or I should have gone to the gym, I should have done this, like that's thoughts. Like I'm not actually going and doing it, but I'm spending my time thinking, should have done that, should be doing this. So yeah. I'll just remove it for now and just, right. I don't want to. So I'm not going to do it. I want to Now just... it takes work for you to re-engage with the gym and do all that kind of stuff. It takes now, like you'll have to be inspired or pushed internally to do it yeah. rather than beat yourself up for not. Yeah. That's exactly. good. <laughs> How, is your, what else is on your list? Did that was it. Through? It was a pretty small that's list. Good. You know, I, I one time was talking with somebody and uh there was a glass on the bar and and i had said oh that glass is half full somehow in conversation and my friend like he stood back and he was like you just described that as half full and he 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 mentioned it because i was not necessarily a half full kind of guy you know i was definitely like a half empty kind of person um, for so long and he knew me as such and so for him to recognize that made me step back and say oh my god I am a different person yeah 
Did you ever experience something similar to that? I think I identify now as a different person to the person I was. And I sort of like to keep the two separate. So like, I don't know what I don't like talking about the old version of me, which I think can be difficult when I've got the same friends to an extent, a lot of the same friends. So certain people know me a certain way. Um, But I don't know, like one of my friends the other day, she was like, you are the same person you have always been, but you were just a, a better version, which... I was sort of of the essence that I'm I'm very different. And she's like, you are the same person you've always been, but you're not hiding behind these other things. You're not using these things to mask who you are. You're just being yourself. But I'm not sure there's really been a defining moment. I mean, I mean, my mum, my mum's proud of me, which I haven't heard in a long time, which is always nice. Um, yeah. My sister, um, we actually built a relationship last year. I'd not maybe seen her apart from at family things for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually went to Japan and spent 10 days with her, um, oh. which was, yeah, that was an amazing experience. And we we get along really well now. So, And I think that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's contributing as well. And like I think being a positive influence on my family, I think, you know, the fact that I can be like I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, I'm making positive steps is is good for the relationship as well um but yeah I I, I I'm really grateful for for my family and the relationships that I've, I've built with them definitely that's been one thing that I am grateful for and I think I felt like I had a lot of making up to do <laughs> which, yeah we, but... we, we... Yeah, that's, you know, that, that is part of the steps. You're, I, my guess is if you went through the steps and went through, like, went through any sort of AA sort of work, um, you would find that you have done the work already. You have done the work yeah. of the steps because you're, you're and because the steps aren't uh, intellectual, right? They're experiential and, and yeah. you know, like going and, and you know, making amends or, or, you know, like apologizing and saying, I got a lot to make up for. That's, that's a big part of it. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, and just growing into who you are. And I want to, I want to thank you so much and congratulate you on the work that you're doing and like your sobriety and your life and your house and your university and <laughs> your future kids and everything that is going to like everything that you're, that, that, that you are like, congratulations. Cause you're, fucking awesome thank you it's been really great speaking with you thank you very much for for this opportunity it's been really good oh good you would never know that Marin has no fellowship in our life those of us that come from the rooms or are entrenched in some traditional program often believe that it is the program that holds the information but the information is what created the program Marin caught on to the truth behind recovery and has found her way through it Of course, having fellowship gives us more support, but it gives us support that exists within a specific structure. Marin has discovered her truths and is discovering places where addiction is popping up in her life on her own because she's curious and aware. I'm proud of this interview because Marin is discovering truths. For myself, I learned the truths 
after relapse. And that happens to many of us because we don't understand the truths when we just learn the facts. Marin has probably taken every one of the 12 steps and has never been to a meeting before. We're all guided to find truth, and that's what will help us recover ourselves. Our whole lives are often riddled with pleasing others, and that's why understanding the truth of recovery is better than just knowing the facts. We often go around blaming society, circumstances, and anyone that might fit the bill, but we're no victims, and we can recover ourselves completely. And when we do, we'll walk the earth as gods we were conceived to be. We all have it in us not to be controlled by fear and old stories or even new stories that we're learning through traumatic experiences. And as we're entering 2020, I want to expend a special thank you to all of those looking within themselves for the answers to the healing of the physical world that they are experiencing. It's not easy, but you're helping in more ways than you can imagine. Consider heading over to Anchor and supporting this podcast. I would also love to hear from you, so comments, criticisms, and suggestions are all welcome, and you can leave me voice messages through Anchor. If you're someone in long-term recovery and want to have a conversation about what that looks like in your life, let me know, because I'm always on the lookout for new guests. Thank you again for listening to the Recover Yourself podcast. Until next week, keep recovering yourself.